Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. Here we are at our 10th episode. In a few short weeks, this little project of mine has grown into something I can say I'm really proud of. The outpouring of love and support is something that I'm still simply floored by. When I look at the sheer number of people who tune in to listen, it really makes me misty-eyed. In celebration of making it to 10 episodes, and all the amazing ways this podcast has already changed my life, I bring you your stories. I couldn't have done it without you. So I decided to give you all a chance to send me your own true tales of terror. And you did not disappoint. So I present to you a few spooky anecdotes you can't tell yourself are just make-believe. First, we have a tale from listener Lee. A tale that will make you want to stay the hell out of the forest. I'm a pretty normal guy. I don't have any kind of special skills or abilities, but... There is one thing that seemed to serve as a catalyst for these events. This thing is, in truth, a pair of things. First, I know it sounds cliche, but from a young age, I have occasionally seen ghosts. Now, they're not what you might be thinking. I've only ever seen two which were shaped like humans, and neither was a white sheet or in any way discernible as a person. They were just human-shaped. Most often, they're like a sense memory that is out of place or random. Most people associate the presence of a ghost with a cold feeling, and sometimes this is the case, but more likely it's an out-of-place smell. Like the smell of burning hair when nothing is around to produce that smell, or a sound that isn't right, like a sparrow song in the wee hours of the morning. The second factor is that lately I have suffered with insomnia. Now, when you've been awake for several days, you start to have sensory hallucinations. Usually little annoyances like the sound of a muffled conversation when nobody else is around. But this leaves me with long nights four or five times a week. And believe me when I say long. The silence, the darkness, they have a way of toying with the imagination that makes sleepless nights into nights of fear. I tried to keep busy, but my loud banging around soon woke my parents and thus put a stop to my business I needed a place I could retreat to at night and keep myself busy. Somewhere isolated so that my noisy ways wouldn't disturb anyone. Fortunately, there's a workshop on our property that belonged to my late grandfather, which seemed perfect. It was well lit and ventilated, 
but far enough from our little piece of woods that I wouldn't disturb anyone else. And at first, it was pretty great. Most nights, I would sit out there and listen to a relaxing podcast, like your own, while doing some light painting. And it really helped me to relax, too. Many nights, I would even find myself dozing off in my chair, finally getting some sleep. But before long, things got weird. We don't own a dog, so there was no cliché dog-barking-at-nothing event, but it was pretty stereotypical stuff. Little things would be in a different place than where I had left them. Stuff would go missing. All the things you hear in stories, but... Nothing I couldn't write off as my own absent-mindedness. In retrospect, I should have seen the signs. Of course, but hindsight and all that. After one especially weird night, though, I don't go out there anymore. It was late, of course. Maybe two in the morning. I had been lying awake since ten or so, and I could tell it was going to be another sleepless one. So... I headed out to my workshop. I turned on my favorite comedy podcast, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and started to open my paints and things, when I realized I had forgotten my brushes back at the house. The walk back through the woods was wrong on a level I couldn't process. It wasn't that it was silent. It was the night after all, but there was distinct tension permeating the air but like any good human I ignored it I made it back without incident and got my brushes and started to trek back through the woods this time I couldn't ignore the wrongness of it all everywhere was alive with a cacophony of scampering feet and breaking branches I stopped and listened, but the sounds were all moving away from me, and fast. It only lasted for a second, though, so, again, I just dismissed it. Yeah, sure, it was weird, but it wasn't all that alarming, and I didn't seem to be in danger, so I just kept heading for the workshop. I made it without dying horribly, but... I heard voices coming from inside the shop. I listened, hard. We had been having trouble with teenagers roaming around our woods at night, and I thought these might be some of the ruffians. I threw open the door and immediately came under siege by a massive cloud of the fattest blackest flies I've ever seen. This swarm was huge. There had to have been hundreds of the filthy creatures all buzzing around and biting me like horseflies. I swatted at them, but by the time I reacted, they were gone. Every last fly disappeared like it had never been there at all. By now, I was certain that I was hallucinating, 
The voices and the flies were products of my nervous state. So I just tried to relax. I turned on my brother, my brother, and me, and settled down to painting. My hands were shaking, so it wasn't easy, but I was determined to just relax and calm down. And before long, I really started to. That was, of course, when things went bad. I started to hear a loud creaking noise coming from above me. Like something extremely heavy was trying to move slowly across the roof. I sat stock still, then went back to painting. It was only a hallucination, I knew, and I wasn't going to let that stop me. But then, the smell came. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I did mention I was familiar with ghosts. And certain smells out of context can indicate a specific ghost. And as the smell of burnt hair and wet earth filled the workshop, I realized that one I recognized was nearby. I turned and saw for only the second time in my life a human shape. Four feet tall and featureless in every way. I knew it to be a little pioneer girl who had fallen into the cook fire in the area centuries ago and now stuck around. This next part will seem the most unlikely, but I knew all this because she had told me. Ghosts can't speak, not in any way we would understand, but some are able to show a person their memories from when they were alive. And I knew this little girl didn't mean to hurt me. She'd even been helpful in the past, turning up lost things and showing me neat little hiding places and good climbing trees. But she never showed up as the amorphous human shape. Except the first time we met, and immediately I knew something was wrong. She was gone again in an instant, and a new smell filled the small room. This one stank of heat and death. Humid in the most unsettling way. And fetid enough to make me gag. Then came the creaking noise again. And with it an absolute, total feeling that I was going to die. Whatever was on the metal roof had to be massive in order to make it creak like that. And it was fucking hunting me trying to catch me when I left the shop again. But there wasn't any way out besides the front door. The walls were a solid cinder block all the way around with no windows. I was trapped like a goddamn rat. I knew my only choice was to run as fast as I could. I was too far from any people for anyone to hear me yelling, and besides, nobody could take on the thing on the roof. I steeled myself to run, and at the last minute before I burst out the door, I threw a glass jar at the back wall. I heard the weight shift, and I exploded out the front door. I ran faster than I have in my life. Again, with the cliche of this story, but I've never been so afraid for my life. And yes, I did glance over my shoulder, 
I can't really describe what I saw, of course. It was night, and I was in the woods, in the dark, and terrified. So fucking terrified. It was big, and hunched over the back of the shop. Apparently my trick had worked, but only for a second. I tripped, of course enamored as I was by the black mass on the workshop. And when it realized my trick, the thing turned and looked right at me and raised itself on two massive forelegs like tree trunks. The rest of its body was obscured by its massive, shapeless head. It was smooth like a bowling ball, with no features at all, and then a crack ran down the center, top to bottom, and split apart revealing a wet, black maw lined with teeth. I pissed myself then and started sobbing incoherently, running through the dark woods, unable to recognize a single thing. I don't know how long I wandered in the woods, but it was still dark when I made it back to the house. I guess I was in shock or something, but for some reason I didn't want to wake my parents, so I just showered quietly and went to bed. Needless to say, I didn't get much sleep. I never told anyone about it, that or my ability to see ghosts. The next day, I made my dad come and help me move my stuff out of the workshop. There was no way I was ever going back out alone. And of course, there was no sign of anything having ever been there. Maybe I was hallucinating it all. But then I think about its hot, foul breath clogging my nose and making me gag at the memory of it. And I know there's no way I was imagining it. Have you ever heard of the phenomenon known as time slips? They make for some of my favorite stories. They're totally unexplained and can be just as frightening as they can be fascinating. Reddit user Anna K. Fuller has a story she titled, My Grandmother Saw Me Before I Existed. This is a story my grandmother told me not too long ago. It freaks me out nonetheless. My grandmother grew up in Eastern Europe until she was about 15, when her parents moved her family to America. Where she lived, there were beautiful fields and meadows where her and her sisters would run around and play. When this story happened, She was 11 to 12-ish. Her and her sister Elena, my great aunt, were playing out in the meadows. They saw a woman with light, dark skin, like she was light-skinned black, and kinky hair in a floppy hat and wavy dress. This was strange because, number one, why is there a random woman in their family's field? And number two, why is there a black woman in Europe? 
They barely ever saw black people except for a few in the village. Elena, being the older and more social of the two, called out to the woman. She didn't answer, which was weird, because there was nothing in between them and she wasn't too far. The girl kept looking down at her hand like she was looking at something, but there was nothing there. The girls went to get their mother, but when they returned, there was no one there. There was nothing remarkable about this, so my grandmother never thought anything of it. Until two days ago. I walked into my grandmother's house, without her knowing I was coming, to find her and her sister sitting at the table talking. They both looked at me and gasped. That's when I was told this story. I was wearing a flowy dress and a floppy hat, and I was looking down at my phone as I walked in. I'm half black, which explains the light black skin. I was the woman. I cannot tell you how they remember this incident so vividly. They're both in their 60s. But I can tell you that I believe them wholeheartedly. My grandmother is not the joking type. I don't know how my grandmother saw me or how she didn't recognize me before, but she didn't. And this freaks me out. Our next story comes from Cameron Gorman. You remember Cameron as the author of the fictional story featured in episode 6, Static. Cameron is back, this time with true tales of growing up in her grandmother's historical mansion. My grandmother, who we call Nana, used to live in a historical house. It was built all the way back in the 1800s, and back in those days, a house that size was considered a mansion. By today's standards, of course, it was a fairly normal-sized house, if a bit large. My Nana is a spiritual person. She was never afraid to talk about ghosts or spirits with me, even when I was a child. She was, therefore, open with me about the history of the house. A few generations before us, she told me, a family had lived there who had suffered two losses. The father had died in the house of an illness, while a son had been killed in a skiing accident. We both knew somehow that both of the spirits were holding on to the house. I loved it there and it is still one of my favorite places on this earth. But there are more than a few incidences that confirm these beliefs to me. Before I was born, my mother and uncles lived in the house for a while with their parents, my Nana and Grandpa. To this day, my uncle claims that one night he was coming up the winding, creaky staircase when he saw some kind of white thing at the top of the stairs, just sort of rippling in the air. When we're confronted with something like this, we usually try to rationalize it, 
It's the nature of the human brain. He called out to the thing, thinking or hoping that it was my brother. When he did so, it evaporated. Years later, I would spend a lot of time in the house. Silly little things would happen, like the candlesticks being moved to sit upright on the floor. My grandmother would just laugh it off, but there were places in the house that carried a darker weight. There was a room in the top floor of the house that I was always scared of. I just couldn't spend time there alone. My uncles, who used to sleep in the room, would claim to feel the weight of someone sitting on the end of one of the beds in the middle of the night. My Nana's dogs would refuse to enter the room, just stand there and bark. I never saw anything, but my friends at a sleepover once claimed to see a dark shadow moving quickly off the bed, a small figure hopping off and running away. My friends were also there to witness another rather frightening incident. As young teenagers, we thought it might be fun to pull out a cheap Hasbro Ouija board in the study upstairs. Of course, nothing happened. Nothing even moved. That is, until we heard a loud thump on the closed study door, as if someone, certainly not my older Nana, had thrown their full weight at it. We screamed, closed the board, and tried to explain what happened to my very confused grandmother and her agitated dogs. As I got older, the incidents didn't cease. One of the last things I can remember in the house before she finally sold it to move to a smaller one in a smaller neighborhood was sitting in my mother's old room upstairs, across from the back hall, that had felt so ominous. I sat on the bed, facing away from the doorway in the hall. I knew my grandmother was outside working in the garden, and I heard a man's footsteps moving jauntily across the creaking wooden hallway and down the stairs, accompanied by a whistling tune. Thinking nothing of it, I kept at whatever I had been doing for a few minutes before heading downstairs and into the garden. I asked my Nana where my grandfather was. After all, I had heard him walking downstairs not even five minutes before. She looked at me, puzzled, and she said something I'll swear on to this day. He's been gone for hours, at work. Still, though, the most memorable thing that happened in that house took years to develop. As a very small child, I used to like to play in the mirrored dressing room behind my Nana's bedroom. It was attached to a crawl space and smelled of must and wood always. I liked to look at myself in the mirrors. Once, I went up with my uncle and was horsing around when I saw what I can only remember as a blue woman staring at me through the glass, silent and still. I screamed and tore down the stairs, blubbering to the adults that I had seen a blue monster. They laughed it off, 
telling me it was only my uncle and my imagination. My scared memory turning this reflection into a woman's ghost. Years and years later, while showing the house or getting close to it, an older man showed up on my Nana's doorstep. He told her he was one of the sons of a family who had lived in the house years earlier. My grandmother was a lover of antiques and showed him around so he could see what had changed. She was telling him funny stories from the years as they walked around, and she happened to tell him the one about me and the blue lady. The man's demeanor didn't change as he listened. Still sunny and happy, he replied to my Nana that it made sense to him. The lady sounded just like his aunt. He used to spend hours and hours gazing into those same mirrors. This next story is by Abriel, who had a ghost who didn't like to stay put and followed her from house to house. I was forced to move around a lot, more than 11 times before my freshman year of high school, though all the houses I lived in were in the same four towns I've lived in my whole life. I was moved from relative to relative, but never switched schools. Most of the time, what went on was I lived with one family member during the week, and I lived with my dad on the weekends. I don't remember exactly when, but sometime around when this setup started is when it began. It was when I was at my dad's the first time I saw it. It was late and dark, the only real light coming from the TV in the other room, and the iPad I was reading from. My dad and I were the only people living in the house at the time, and I could easily hear my dad snoring. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a shadowy person leaning around the large cabinet next to the door of my room. But when I put the iPad down and looked, nothing was there. Half a week later, I was at my grandparents' house. I was in bed facing the doorway and trying to fall asleep as my grandparents watched TV in the living room. I watched a shadowy form walk from the other bedroom towards the living room and it took me a minute to realize the person was too tall and too thin to be one of my grandparents. Never mind I didn't hear the heavy door to the only room in that direction open or shut. I told my friends about it and it became less scary. It became Jason the demon ghost. Just an inside joke. Nothing happened for a while, and I forgot about it. Until... One night, when I was laying on my stomach in bed, and I felt someone grip my bicep. I freaked out. Who wouldn't? I whirled around, the hand on my arm was removed, but no one was there. Spaced out over several months, more things happened. While at a mirror in my room, I saw someone pass by behind me in the next room. 
and I assumed it was the only other person at home until I heard her close the dryer at the opposite end of the house, which I had no way of seeing from my mirror. Both of my cats and the dog spent a solid five minutes doing nothing but stare at me. While in the bathroom brushing my teeth one time, I felt someone grab the back of my shirt and yank it. Small things would be in the wrong places, such as the trash can that no one but me touches would be a few feet away from the corner where it sits. Earbuds would be in the pocket opposite where I always put them. Water bottles I was using would be on the table on the other side of the room. There was a sound at one point. My friend, the only one there at the time, was in the bathroom, and I was kneeling on the floor to pet one of my cats. I heard the toilet flush, but I knew that wasn't it when my friend suggested that it was. I don't have the words to describe the noise, but it came from somewhere near my bedroom or the front door, which are right next to each other, or somewhere beyond. I don't want to say it came from outside, but it had a quality that suggested it wasn't from this world. There's no conclusion to this story. Jason and the other demon ghosts haven't done anything monumental beyond scare me a few times. Honestly, I don't bat an eye at much ghost things anymore. Maybe that's what they want. The loss of a pet can be as hard as losing a member of the family. We mourn them as if they really are our children. Reddit user CrashdownZero recently lost their 11-year-old cat, Jesse. However, Jesse still makes his presence known from time to time. If you want to read more, a few Jesse encounters have been documented on the paranormal subreddit. My family also lost a beloved cat recently, and this story warmed my heart. I've shared a few experiences I've had recently that I believe may have been visits from my cat who passed recently after living for 11 years with me. I also wanted to share the most recent experience I've had. Over the weekend, I was having a hard time getting to sleep, so I opted to go lay on the couch for a while and stream some videos. I currently have two cats. My seven-year-old girl who has soft fluffy fur that feels silky to the touch, and my six-month-old male kitten we got after my 11-year-old male Jesse passed away. The younger cat's fur is short and sleek. Jesse had long fur, but because of his declining health, inability to groom himself properly, and refusal to let anyone else groom him, his fur was very greasy and semi-matted. I did my best to try and keep him clean and combed, but as his health got worse, it became harder to do without hurting him. He was also very skinny, and when you touched him, you could feel bones. He was very sick when we said goodbye. 
When I decided to lay on the couch, it was fairly dark, especially since I was more listening to the narrated videos. I felt a cat hop up on the arm of the couch just behind my head. Since my female was asleep at my feet, I assumed it was my younger male. I reached my hand back to pet him, but instead of finding the sleek short fur I had grown accustomed to, my hand found longer, greasy, semi-matted fur. It was strange, but familiar at the same time. I immediately sat up and looked back in the dim light of the TV, but didn't see anything there. After turning a light on, I confirmed that there was nothing there. I even put my hand back down in the area to see if I could feel anything I might have thought was my old boy's fur. Nothing. While my female watched me in sleepy confusion, I looked around the house for my younger boy, who I found curled up fast asleep with my partner. I believe that my boy was visiting me, like he has done often since his passing, and I got to touch him. I know I'm not the only one seeing, hearing, and feeling him. My partner told me the other night he was playing a game in the living room, and in the dim light from the TV in the dark room, he saw what he was sure was Jesse, sitting in his usual spot by the bookshelf watching him, as he often did. But when he looked back, there was no cat there. We have also both reported seeing an orange tail pass behind the coffee table. Neither of my current cats are orange, but Jesse was. I was upset at first, but it's become comforting to know he's still lingering. The title of this next story by Reddit user April Showers XX speaks for itself. The dead boy in my dreams finally spoke to me. My family moved into a small house in Northeast Ohio when I was about five years old. I had a bedroom on the first floor for a few years and everything went fine. The entire upstairs attic was my parents' bedroom since it was just one giant room. When I was about 12, I switched rooms with them so I could have the big room. The attic always gave me a strange feeling but nothing horribly off-putting. Sometimes I would be sitting at my desk alone and I would manage to spook myself out with what I thought was just my wild imagination. I just never felt completely alone for some reason. A few months after staying in the attic, a young boy started to appear in my dreams. Probably about six years old, he was almost blue in color had short dark hair, and he wore little shorts and a button-down shirt. Almost like a 1960s school uniform. He always had a neutral expression on his face. He never spoke to me in my dreams. He was just... there. He would occasionally point to things or just stare. I never once felt like he was evil or malicious... I think he just wanted to be seen by me. I would always wake up feeling like I was being watched after seeing him in my dreams. 
One night, I had a dream that he was standing by my bed staring at me, and when I woke up, I felt an overwhelming presence close to my bed. I felt sick, like something was horribly wrong, but I still didn't feel like the boy was evil. Just sad and lonely, maybe? Like, maybe he was having nightmares and wanted to be by me. I started to recognize his presence whenever I would feel like I wasn't alone in my room. Fast forward to when I was 16. I hadn't seen the boy in my dreams for quite some time. Until my grandmother passed away. I fell asleep the night before her wake and saw the boy in my dream. I was in a field and he was standing at the top of a hill with his back turned toward me. Keep in mind, I've been dreaming about him for about four years, and he has never spoken to me before. He turns around and looks at me, and in a slow, soft voice, he says, You know, her feet are cold. Then I woke up. I felt strange because he literally has never spoken to me before, but then he randomly tells me that someone's feet are cold? Okay. So I went to my grandma's open casket wake that day. My mom started to throw a fit because along with my grandma's favorite belongings that were placed on her body in the casket, there was a pair of her favorite slippers on top. My mom wanted the slippers put on my grandma's feet because her feet were always cold when she was alive. She wanted to make sure my grandma's feet would be warm in the afterlife. I had no idea that my mom even asked the funeral home to put the slippers on her. I realized that the boy who often visited me in my dreams was letting me know that my grandma's feet were cold. Although I still saw him in my dreams and felt his presence, he never spoke to me again after this. I always felt a special appreciation for him. I felt more connected and at ease when he appeared in my dreams or when I felt his presence. He was like a guardian of some sort. I grew to love him. I don't live with my parents anymore, and ever since I moved out, he stopped appearing in my dreams. I miss him every now and then, and I'll go into my old bedroom and sit on the floor just so he can see me, so he knows that I'm okay and I still think about him. This was a real experience of mine, and I've been wanting to share it with people for years. Maybe I'm crazy, but I know what I felt. These next few stories are from listener Maddie. Thanks so much, Maddie, for sending these in. You sent in like a treasure trove of a few really great stories. Here they are. Demon House. It's been a while since I've told this story, but it's true and it happened to me. I've always been sensitive to spirits, to a point where it can get annoying. But this house even had my militant atheist believing in the paranormal. 
So, back in the day, around 2007, I lived in a small fishing town. Me and my then-boyfriend lived in a smallish, two-story house that he had bought. We started to do the usual things you do when you move, painting and such, but he was a fisherman, so I did most of the work myself. He was away for a week at a time, leaving me mostly alone. The activity started almost instantly. I'd hear running of small feet up and down the stairs, felt someone touch my hair while painting, no cobwebs I checked. Alright, weird, but I didn't mind. It didn't seem evil in that sense. So, we move in and everything is normal. But we start hearing voices and music that we could never pinpoint where it was coming from. Our cat kept hissing at corners and empty rooms, staring at something I couldn't see. Then the activity got more scary. We had a small office where we kept the computer. Every time I was in there talking to a friend via Skype or Facebook, I'd see the shadow. Every time I talked to a man, didn't matter who, I'd see it. It was a tall, shadowy figure, about six feet tall. He would walk from one end of the hallway to the other. Now, I'm a believer, but I always look for the rational explanation before I run to ghosts. It wasn't headlights on passing cars, and it wasn't the streetlights. Okay, so I determined that this guy really hated men. Friends would ask what the shadow was when they were over. I didn't tell anyone about the activity. Didn't really see a point. Boyfriend knew, though. When I would be on the phone, people would hear disembodied voices, and sometimes even disembodied screaming. We also had ghost children who I would hear playing in the middle of the night. No kids outside at that time, and sometimes when I was upset or stressed, I'd feel a little hand comfort me. I would hear them a lot running up and down the stairs, and being a fairly old house, the stairs had a distinct creak. Then there was the ghost cat. I named her Julia. She was small and gray, and I would see her dart around. Boyfriend also felt her lie on him. We only saw her when Living Cat was outside. She mainly kept to the second floor. Friends would come over and see weird shadows and walk past. I kept an open Bible in the hallway and always had lavender incense to try and get rid of anything bad. So, here's when it gets weird. I don't know what happened or what caused it. My grandmother came for a visit and... Doors wouldn't stop slamming. I assumed it was the wind. I probably left a window open. No problem. I went upstairs where the slamming was coming from and closed all windows and all doors. I go downstairs and it starts up again. Go upstairs. The doors are open. Great. The banging would carry on and off for months and almost made me flee the house one night when it just wouldn't stop. 
Eventually, me and boyfriend called it quits and I move out and go to another town to live. A few months pass, I get a message on Facebook from one of his militant atheist friends. Now, this is a guy who is completely and utterly a non-believer. He's the proud atheist type. He asked me, Hey, when you lived at X's place and he was out at sea, were you alone? I answer, Yeah, of course. Him. Were you really? Me. What do you mean? He tells me that him and his friend came over to pick something up while my ex was at sea. The entire time they were there, they felt like someone was watching them. They started to feel uneasy, the hair rising up on the back of their neck. They freaked out, grabbed what they came for, and left. Once they are outside, they look up to the office window and see a shadowy man staring at them. Brother's Guardian Angel Back when I still lived with my family, I was a young girl of 15. I got up in the late evening to use the bathroom. It was already dark and my younger brothers were asleep. As I walk down the hall to the bathroom, I see a misty figure. I couldn't make her out completely, but I saw two things. She had long red hair and was wearing a white dress. She walked into my brother's room. A few days later, I mentioned to my brother's dad what I had seen. He told me that his sister, who died when she was seven, had long red hair and was buried in a white dress. Spooky Ghost Store So, I used to work in this building here. It was the oldest concrete building in the area and protected, so it can't be torn down or changed in any meaningful way. There was a well still in the middle of the floor, which was covered up for a while, but now is being showed off in all its glory. Naturally, it's now a convenience store, but back when it was built, it was a cattle shed. This building was always dark, almost like half the lights were out. Being a grocery store, we had very good lighting since customers tend to enjoy seeing what they're shopping for. But somehow, even when everything was painted white, it was still dark. Just the aura of the store was dark. You felt a certain darkness being there. Not the usual, oh god, I hate my job dark. It was just dark. I had heard that someone killed themselves in the store back when it was a cattle shed, but I found no proof of this claim. My employees would have products flying off the shelves all the time. In the storeroom, I saw an elderly man walk from one side and through a wall. I was stalking something and I saw an employee walk by in my peripheral vision. I started talking to her until I realized she was on the other side of the store. This happened a few times to a few employees. They'd see someone walk past them thinking it's me and they'd start talking and I would be on the other side of the store. There was also another store from the same chain a little further up the street. 
Not as historical, but haunted about the same. My morning routine was I'd get to work about an hour before opening. I'd bake, get the day ready, order what I needed to order, and just relax before the chaos of working in a tiny store with heavy foot traffic. I was alone until my boss bothered to show up an hour after me. On this particular day, everything was normal to begin with. I set up everything and I'm doing something in the office. The office had a window that overlooked the entire store. I hear voices in the store. I thought it sounded like one of the other bosses, so I stand up and do a quick scan. Nobody. I sit back down and check if the radio was on. It wasn't. Then I hear the oven open. I get up, ready to get rowdy at whoever dares to try and ruin the croissants. The oven is open and nobody in the store. I close the oven and do a thorough search. I look down the aisles. I go into the milk cooler. I go into every single room and area that was in the store. Nobody. Then I hear the back door open. I go and close it. Still nobody. Then I hear the oven door open. I go and close that. Then the back door opens again. At this point, I just give up and sit outside smoking until my boss arrives. That was really the only significant activity other than one part of the soda section where People would see a shadowy figure, and sometimes he'd throw soda on the floor, which was always great. This last story was sent in um, by someone who wanted to remain anonymous. It's... It's one of the scariest stories I've ever heard, to be honest. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the hat man. Um, Many of you probably have if you're into the paranormal. But if you haven't, then you're about to. This um, This is the shadow man. When I was around 11... I had a rather bad experience with sleep paralysis. At the time, I didn't know what sleep paralysis was, so I attributed it to the paranormal. I was living in an all-girls private boarding school. Of course, there were ghosts. I would always be hearing stories of ghosts that haunted the dorms, all rumors of This girl died from falling down the stairs 20 years ago. Now she haunts the storm. I still remember that night vividly. And this was almost 20 years ago. I remember lying in my bed. My dorm had seven beds, all of which were occupied. For some reason, I couldn't sleep. A rare occurrence for me at the time. So I stared into the closet where we kept our uniforms. That's when I saw him. It was a man wearing a bowler hat. 
It looked like he was talking. Talking to me. At first, I was freaked out. Then I was weirdly amused. I liked him. I don't know why, but this amused me. I turned around and tried to get some sleep. Frustrated that the Sandman hasn't sprinkled dust in my eyes yet. I turned back around, looking for the man. He had moved to the bunk beside me. I was starting to get a little scared, but still somehow amused. He carried on there for what my mind thought was about half an hour. Finally, I managed to fall asleep, and as luck would have it, my dreams were filled with horror. I snapped back awake. I wake up. He's standing over me. His face is completely black. No light. Just the blackest black. I can't see any facial features. I can only make out the hat. I'm terrified. I can't move. I can't scream. I hear my roommate snoring. On the inside, I knew I was awake. I don't see it, but I can feel him smiling. He knocks me out. I remember just floating in green. When I wake up, he's not there. I didn't tell anyone what had happened. I just kept it buried inside. I was already being bullied. I didn't need more grief. My life carries on like normal. Well, close to it. My foster mother died not long after this. I moved. I moved again. My life was in turmoil. I found out my dad isn't my dad. He drinks. I repressed most of the stuff that happens during this time. I moved to literally the other side of the world to live with my biological mother. Everything has changed. Except him. The man in the bowler hat. I would see him sometimes, usually just behind me. Sometimes I'd see him in the distance. I never saw him move. He was just there. I was terrified of him. I never talked about him. He didn't like that. If I did, I would definitely see more of him. Over the next few years, I'd see him occasionally. I might be walking home and he'd be standing off in the distance. I might be out with friends and he'd be leaning against a wall. I was terrified of him, but I just assumed it was some kind of lost spirit that was following me, but his presence terrified me. I was always the type of person that children and animals liked, but now dogs would growl at me. Small children would cry if they saw me. One of the most vivid memories of this happening was when I was staying at a friend's house and her, her poodle wouldn't go near me. He stood at the door and growled at me. 
every time I went near him, just to show that I wasn't all that bad, he'd bark, growl, and run away. He never acted like this around anyone, family and strangers alike. According to my neighbors, dogs that were inside their own houses would go crazy when I'd walk past. That's how strong this presence was. People who fancied themselves psychic would tell me that there was something following me. Something bad. I grew used to it. I grew used to seeing shadows in my peripheral vision. I grew used to being terrified during the night. Even when I was 14, my biological mom didn't bat an eyelid. She never questioned why I was afraid of the dark. She didn't know that every night I'd see him. He'd be sitting on the chair or standing in the corner watching me. Even when all the lights were on, he'd still be there. When I was 14 to 15, I was going through a dark time in my life. My mother found a new man and we moved to his tiny apartment. My two brothers shared a bedroom and I got a room in the attic. I loved my room. The stairs were steep and the roof was low, but it was everything a teenager could dream of. I slept on a soft mattress on the floor. I had a tiny window with a view of the street. I had a sofa up there and an armchair and I decorated every inch of the wall with posters. I spent most of my free time writing songs and playing guitar. I was left alone and only surfaced to eat and shower. But after a few weeks of this bliss, he started visiting. And he was more sinister than usual. I was sure that if I stayed up there, I'd die. And I almost did. I was climbing the stairs one evening, looking forward to my usual alone time, and just as I reached the top, something pulled me down. Now before anyone tells me I slipped, I didn't. I was pulled. I felt bony fingers grab my shirt and pull me. I wasn't hurt badly, just a bit bruised. But if I had landed a few centimeters to the right, I would have most definitely cracked my skull open. No one came to check on the ruckus. I slept in my brother's room that night. He never visited when I was in my brother's room. But I felt dumb sleeping in the same room as my two and five-year-old brothers. I was a teenager. I wanted my space. I wanted to be left alone. So I kept sleeping in the attic. I lost a lot of sleep. I was terrified half the night. I stopped eating and I lost a lot of weight. I was pale and sickly with all of these elements combined. I eventually had an emotional breakdown and ended up in a mental hospital. Eventually I learned to close him off and he hasn't been around lately. At least, not where I can see him.
Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this special episode. I know I did. I really hope we can do one of these again soon. So send me your true stories at scarytosleep at gmail.com. Of course, I would still also love to read your fictional stories, so send those along too. Now, for Patreon shoutouts. If you'd like to donate to my Patreon, visit patreon.com slash scare you to sleep. My eternal gratitude to Maeve Deems, Layla Shake, Leticia Sanchez, and Sharon Trask. You guys are amazing, and I can't thank you enough. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Scare You to Sleep. You can follow me at Shelby B. Scott. Come join our Facebook group. It's been so much fun interacting with everyone. I think that's everything. Now, go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. <laughs>